Fox here. A decision I gather you are going to need to make, and time may be of the essence here. Ken Malden, our district attorney, Clark in Oconee County, is announcing, uh, first announcing last year he wouldn't run for re-election, and now a couple of weeks ago saying he will resign effective at the end of the month. It is incumbent on you to appoint a replacement. The question, and this speaks to the timing, question is when you make that appointment. Uh, you could, if you delay that announcement until after, I think it's the 3rd of May, delay the election until 2022, an election that was scheduled to take place in May with a couple of announced candidates already. Where are you on this? Well, really, really nowhere right now, quite honestly. It's been very busy with the session. I've been in Washington, D.C. over the weekend with the nation's governors, meeting with folks at the White House and having our annual conference. And I was aware that um, District Attorney Malden sent his resignation letter in. I haven't spoke to my legal team about that, about the process. So I'll do that when I get it to the Capitol later today and kind of assess the situation. But, you know, we have a lot of a lot of moving parts in the judicial branch right now. We have a vacancy on the state Supreme Court, the Court of Appeals, and there's timing issues on when we have to get those done before the new term starts. So, you know, we just put these things in the order of importance and, and time, depending on, you know, what the individual situation is. And I'll, I'll be digging more into that now that I'm back in Georgia. Now, would you make it a priority and back from D.C.? We'll talk about that, by the way. Would you make it a priority to have this done in time to have an election in May? Well, I haven't even gone down that road yet, quite honestly. I'd rather get all the facts and see what the law says and then reassess that at that time. All right, Governor Brian Kemp with us. I, I don't know how unusual this is. Uh, lawmakers can stop the clock anytime they want to over the course of a legislative session, but it has been stopped again uh, for another week of budget work. You call for those budget cuts, and now the House uh, and the Senate are working on budgets and, and working on trimming budgets. First of all, let's go back to the rationale. Uh, why do we need to cut budgets now? There are those who look at the economy, hey, we're doing great. Why cut the budget now? Well, I think it's a lot of reasons, Tim. The economy is doing fantastic. We've got the lowest unemployment rate we've ever had, the most number of people in the workforce we've ever had. We continue to have great economic news like we put out yesterday. But the fact of the matter is that our unemployment is so low, we do not have as many people coming into the workforce as we had you know, during the tail end of the deal administration, which has more people paying taxes. And you see your revenues you know, having an excess of one, you know, billion dollars a year. So we're not having that right now. But then also there's just a lot of big holes in the budget. Uh, the tax cut that passed a couple of years ago has taken, you know, half a billion dollars out of the budget that we had to account for. The change in the TAVT tax, which is the tax tax, then 150 to $180 million back to the counties that the state was previously getting. Um, we have almost 150 million it may be more than that in new funding in medicaid funding and in mental health funding and you know the the newspapers keep writing about all the drastic cuts in health care well the fact of the matter is is we're adding you know well over a hundred million dollars probably closer to 150 million dollars when you think about medicaid growth and more funding for uh dbhdb which is the mental health program in our state Got so it. when you have all those holes and revenues decreasing and then you try to fund your priorities like a teacher pay raise, you know, that's why we're doing what I campaigned on. We've asked state agencies to make government more efficient, to streamline it, to do more with less. And, you know, I'm actually excited about the legislature taking some time to really dig into 
uh, what we've done in state government. We have one agency that saved, you know, two, I think it was $200,000 or more just in uh, telephone cost alone. Um, you know, we're, we're saving on rent because we simply asked the question, do we need this much office space? Can we do this work virtually and do a better job? We're privatizing things uh, in the state crime lab to speed up the process, create competition. You know, all these things are what I challenge government agencies to do. We have a great story to tell. You know, there was an article the other day, the Department of Corrections uh, eliminated some six-figure jobs that were doing educational work, and we don't even pay our teachers that much in the K-12 system. So I think Georgians, when they find out about what we're doing to make state government more efficient, but then fulfilling our campaign promises to pay our teachers and our low-level state employees more to help with retention rates is going to be something that they will support. All right, Governor Brian Kemp, you used a word a moment ago uh, in talking about this break for budget work. I'm excited on a certain level to see this happen. There will be those, and, and maybe it's just the folks in the media, maybe it's just folks like me who are trying to paint this as some kind of a turf war between you and the House Speaker. Uh, Speaker Ralston, it's fair to say, sounds less than excited about some of this. Uh, what What's the status of the relationship here? Is there to this no well look the speaker and i go way back uh, he certainly has his priorities and he knows that i have mine and that's part of the legislative process you know i know when i was in the legislature we had those battles as well with with governor purdue not so much with governor deal because we were just you know coming out of recession and, and people understood the, the place that we were but i think georgians realize that i'm planning on fulfilling my campaign promises, and one of those was a $5,000 teacher pay raise. We did a big chunk of that last year. Uh, 44% of our new teachers are leaving the system within the first five years. Every business owner I talk to, Tim, whether it's small or somebody like Home Depot or Coca-Cola or Delta, is looking for more qualified workforce. Um, you know, getting our grad more out of our graduates in K through 12 education, having more of them graduate and have more of them being ready to go either into the workforce or to a workforce training program on our technical colleges or on to a, you know, a four year degree where they're going to be become, you know, uh, some sort of professional, whether it's, you know, getting into engineering or, uh, you know, many, many other things, agriculture, um, you know, IT. You know, that is that is our number one priority in the state to keep our economy growing. That's what every state's competing with. They have the same problem. I was in Germany a couple of weeks ago. They're having the same issues over there. So to me, to keep our state growing, to be able to fund our priorities, we've got to have, you know, the best teachers in the classroom. We have to pay them appropriately. And we also have to reduce the mandates and workload that they have on them, which we're doing with our too much testing legislation. Uh, yeah, about that. Uh, taking away some of those mandatory testing, uh, tests that are mandated, we should say, by the state government. Now, some of those, uh, some number of those, 17 that are mandated at the federal level, so there's only so much you can do. Uh, how is that being received, the announcement of about a week ago? Yeah, it's been great. The press that we've gotten off and, and just the feedback on it has been incredibly positive. But we knew that it would. You know, Secretary uh School Superintendent Woods and I, you know, spent the last year with the Governor's Office of Student Achievement, uh, state board members for the Department of Education, and a lot of other people going all around the state meeting. And I've done this personally myself, meeting with uh, school superintendents uh, like Jason Branch and others 
a very diverse group from all different kinds of systems all over the state getting input on this. We did the same thing with our teacher listening tour. We visited our regional RESA offices and just heard from stakeholders like the parents, and everybody is frustrated with teaching. When we have kids that are visibly getting sick because they're worried about you know, how they're going to do on a test. We have gone way too far, in my opinion. We have to trust our local educators, our local school boards, and others to make, you know, give them more flexibility to teach these kids depending on, you know, what it is in their community that's driving that economy and what will continue to make them successful. When you think about Savannah, it's, you know, Gulfstream, it's the ports, it's the hospitality industry. When you're thinking about Augusta, it's it's cyber you know, tourism, a lot of other manufacturing businesses down there. And that's what we need to be doing, I think, in K-12 education. There are those, Governor, who have made this point. They've made this observation. Listen, violent crime is down. Why is he making this effort to go after gangs? Why are you going after gangs? Well, I would I would certainly disagree with violent crimes being down. I think petty crimes are down 2%, but violent crimes, when you think about Rapes, murder, sexual assault, you know, armed robbery is up between 7 and 9% is what my understanding is. And look, if you don't believe me, just ask, you know, your local prosecutors, ask your local law enforcement, you know, ask them who is peddling drugs in their communities. It's the street gangs doing the work of the drug cartels, uh, which is why we need to continue to crack down on you know, fentanyl that's coming in from Mexico uh, via way of China. We had discussions on that at the White House over the weekend with the nation's governors. And the thing that we can do locally to stop that, to keep our kids from getting killed by taking literally, you know, one, you know, pencil head um, dose of fentanyl with some, you know, recreational drug, is to go after these street gangs, and uh, that's exactly what we're doing. Um, you know, I feel like it's the best thing for our state to keep our families safe. That's one of the most important oaths that I have taken is to make sure that, you know, your family's safe and mine is as well, and that's what we're working with the locals on to do. And I, I would say this, too, Tim. There's a lot of people that have made the argument that this is undoing uh, the legacy of Nathan Deal and criminal criminal justice reform, that's absolutely ridiculous. I have supported his efforts, and I still do. In fact, we put uh, additional funding in the budget last year for accountability courts that was actually taken out by the legislature. So those that are criticizing us for that, uh, they forget that simple point. But this is really just myself you know, commit or fulfilling another campaign promise to go after street gangs. We started this work last year with the gang task force and the GBI that Vic Reynolds is running, the new director. And this year we're following through with promises like the gang database is operational now. It's in use. We've added uh, funding in the budget for additional prosecutors because of the request that we're getting from the local circuits for help, which is what the way it was designed. It's not a mandate. We're asking if the locals need help, we'll help them. If they don't or they don't, want to do this i would disagree with that but you know we'll go where we're wanting and then the other thing is we're going to have legislation this year to further strengthen our gang statute and allow these prosecutors to move outside of their traditional circuit boundaries and boundaries because these uh these street gangs are moving quickly and they're they're moving across county lines and district lines and they need to know that 
if the legislature buys into this, which I believe they will, we're going to be following them. Governor Brian Kemp with us. A headline I'm seeing this morning, uh, the U.S. Justice Department, the Attorney General, uh, Bill Barr, suing over sanctuary city laws, uh, California, New Jersey, Washington State. Listener wants to know what you, you ran hard against illegal immigration as a candidate. What are you doing to stop counties from from that kind of nonsense in our state? Well, I certainly support uh, um, Attorney General Barr and, and the Trump administration on the lawsuit. I think that's the best way to handle it, quite honestly because of the way the legislative statutes are, are um, you know, affected the local communities. It's very frustrating that, you know, we have people that are not cooperating with ICE. I know that in the Atlanta area, uh, the state patrol and different task force that we have are doing a lot of the work of the locals sometimes because of their unwillingness to cooperate, and I always urge them to do that. Um, there's legislation that passed a couple of years ago really to the extent that the state can have input on that. Uh, but I certainly support the Attorney General and his efforts. Uh, near and dear to my heart, Governor Brian Kemp, and, and, and candidly, I was grateful to you on a personal level to hear you address this as a priority. Uh, as an adopted child myself, uh, this is matter of overhauling, uh, refurbishing our adoption and foster care systems here in Georgia. What do you propose to do and how do you propose to make it happen? Well, this is something I also ran on, Tim, and we had a adoption reform package that I was I campaigned on. You know, part of my commitment uh, to to the values for life that we have in the state. You know, we certainly worked on that last year, but this is the continuation of that. You know, we need to value life at all stages, and certainly, you know, having kids that are born into a system where they're basically uh, abandoned in the hospital after they're born we need to be able to support those kids we have families that want to do that we need to really ease some of the restrictions that we have our legislation is going to reduce the adoption age from 25 to 21 we'll increase the tax credit for the first five years of adoption from 2000 to 6000 to make the foster care adoption more affordable and then we're also going to create a commission that's going to go top to bottom through the statutes and the rules and try to get rid of some of the bureaucracy. A lot of the the parents that, that we're talking to that have been through the system just get incredibly frustrated at how long it takes and how difficult it is to deal with the government. And so that is something that we're going to work on, and, and uh, we're very excited about that. A couple of minutes left with Governor Brian Kemp. Are you made your appointment to the U.S. Senate? Uh, Kelly Leffler, Doug Collins, Congressman Collins jumps in. Uh, two schools of thought here. One, you can step back and, and let them uh, and let that election run its course. Or two, you can wade in and endorse uh, further the candidate of your choosing here. What do you plan to do as these two slug it out in what could be a pretty heated campaign? Well, Tim, as you know, I spent a lot of time uh, really researching all the candidates and trying to figure out who would be the best person to go and fight for us in Washington, D.C., in the U.S. Senate, really uh, going to fulfill um, a great legacy that Johnny Isaacson created with his public service. And Johnny's a great friend, and I, I wish him well. But I'm all in with Kelly Leffler. She is doing a great job up there. You're seeing um, a lot of conservative groups that are moving her way because they're finding out just like, I already knew that, that she's a conservative, but even more important, she's an outside business person like President Trump and like David Perdue that's going up there to continue draining the swamp and helping the president. You know, he talked about that last night in his rally, that, that the swamp was bigger and dirtier than he thought. 
And uh, Kelly doesn't know anything to anybody in Washington, D.C. except the great people of Georgia. And she's fighting hard for them every day. She comes from very humble beginnings as a, you know, Illinois farm girl. She's worked her way through school and followed her dreams to the financial markets and has been very successful. And she is literally living the American dream by now being able to serve her country. And she wants to do that to give back and preserve that dream against socialists like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, quite honestly. Right, Governor Kemp, let you go on this one. Uh, busy day, I'm sure, ahead of you here. Uh, a sample size now, a year in Atlanta and then some as governor. Uh, how are you, how Marty, how are the girls handling all this? Uh, the, the, the adjustment, uh, the good news from your perspective, you're the governor. The bad news, you don't get to spend as much time in Athens. Well, it is It is uh, kind of different. We are, uh, you know, but I've been used to the, this part of the time of the year with the legislative session going on, spend a lot of time in Atlanta. We had a great summer with the girls, got to spend a lot of time with them, but they're all back in their school routines now, and they understand the important work that we have going in. They're a big part of that in many ways. Uh, you know, Marty, and we didn't really get to touch on this today, but Marty and our girls have been very moved by what they have learned as well as I have on the, the really tragedy of human trafficking and sex trafficking of young people in our state, and they're doing a lot to change that and to raise awareness. So they're they're adapting. They're tough kids, and uh, you know they're they're getting a great education, and they love living in the state of Georgia. And you know we're just honored to be serving as the first family. Right, Governor Brian Kemp, thanks for your time this morning. Have a great day. Thank you.